Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Uh, but it was the big thing was just uh, I, I had guys. And, but it was keeping them together and just a culture of now all of a sudden, hey, we're going to play hard. And when the offseason is over, I'm, I'm sorry, when the season is over and we get to the offseason, now we're going to go harder. That was Mount Spokane head boys basketball coach David Wagonblast. His Wildcats made a run to the 3A state title game in 2019. They returned to the Dome in March. He's today's guest. Welcome to Dan Dickow's Quarantine Series on the Scorebook Live Today podcast. As the world of sports is shut down due to the coronavirus, we're ramping things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Every weekday, Dan interviews an expert in the world of sports, from star hoopers and coaches like Steve Kerr, Jamal Crawford, and Doug Christie, to seven-time Mr. Olympia bodybuilder Phil Heath. We hope you're entertained and maybe learn a thing or two as we navigate these uncertain times. The easiest way to tune in is by subscribing. In addition to our weekly Washington High School Sports News and Conversation podcast released Thursdays, hosted by myself, Andy Bueller, fellow reporter Todd Millis, Dan is bringing you interviews just like this one delivered five days a week. Head to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe for free, and while you're there, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Before we get to Dan's interview today, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Washington Federal. Washington Federal is a local bank and portfolio lender with more than 200 branches across eight states, more than 32,000 fee-free ATMs, 24-7 online and mobile banking with drive-up ATMs. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live. They care deeply about high school sports and the communities that support them across the entire state of Washington. Head to WFDBank.com to learn how they can help you meet your financial goals. That's WAFDBank.com. Washington Federal a neighbor you can count on. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Now, Dan Dicka. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington. Today, our quarantine series continues where we release a conversation with an expert in the sports world, whether it's a coach, a player, a front office executive, a broadcaster. Today, we've got a special guest. He is from Mount Spokane High School. He's done a tremendous job since he took the job over, leading them to back-to-back state champ- excuse me, back-to-back state tournaments, hoping for a state championship this next year. David Wagonblast. David, thanks for joining. Hopefully you and your family are all safe and healthy at these times. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, we are, uh, um, I have uh, uh, five kids, so I'm uh, very appreciative of uh, elementary school teachers during this time because uh, even though I'm a teacher as well, I'm a high school teacher and trying to teach my, helping to teach my little kids as well as, uh, wow. Uh, elementary school teachers are saints. That's what I'm discovering. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, We've got a a large family ourselves. And in the mornings, typically I I do my scorebook live work while my wife kind of runs the homeschool atmosphere in our dining room. And the times I've peeked in there and tried to help it, it hasn't been pretty uh, because the patience and the understanding, the ability to, to 
teach at multiple levels is, is something that is beyond me when it comes to math and, and history and science. So thank you to all the teachers out there, just as you mentioned. Uh, you, you did mention you're currently a teacher at the high school level while you're coaching Mount Spokane. Is that something when you were growing up you felt was going to be your calling, what you wanted to do is become a teacher, but I would imagine more importantly a basketball coach and guiding young men? Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, this uh, I'll never forget the conversation of even getting me started in that direction. Um, I, I grew up on a wheat farm down in eastern Oregon, and I was talking with my dad. And, you know, talking about uh, wanting to be potentially a farmer because that's what I knew and that's what I liked. And but, you know, he's like, well, what else? I'm like, well, I want to be a pack. I want to be at the time Pac-10. I want to be a Pac-10 basketball coach. And he just starts to laugh and he's like, well, I mean, how about high school? You know, and, you know, have you ever thought about being a teacher? And that was the very first moment that I even thought, oh, well, yeah. Um, no. And I was like um, that. Uh, so from there, I um, uh, got into a teaching and um, that as a, as a direction. And I was able, I was fortunate enough to get into coaching uh, at uh, Eastern Oregon uh, University. I was uh, an assistant. We had a JV team. And that's where I first got started in, in coaching was um, as an assistant coach at Eastern Oregon University. And I did that for two years, even though I, when I was going to school there. And that, that experience really kind of leapfrogged where I was able to go. Because uh, after that, I went and I got my first teaching job down in Beaverton. And um, from there, that's when I uh, really was fortunate where I landed because uh, Nick Robertson reached out. And Nick was the, uh, uh, the head coach at Beaverton High School at the time and uh, Nick's the in the Oregon Sports Hall of Fame so he's you know kind of knows his stuff and so he was a, a huge mentor for me and um, and a big reason why I'm where I'm at today. Yeah I, I've, I've had I've crossed paths with Nick Robertson a few times being down in the Portland area myself and I've never heard uh, an opposing coach say a bad word about him. So shows a lot of, of the impact that he's had in, in the Oregon basketball scene. Um, but you, you talked about goal and dream of being maybe a Pac-10 coach at the time, which is now Pac-12. Um, and I've always felt like to be a coach at that level, you've got to constantly keep learning and striving to, to stay at the cutting edge of, of your own philosophy of where the game is headed. One thing that I've been impressed with you with, your high school coaching path is you do that same thing. Uh, you and I've had multiple conversations over the years about in this situation, what would you do? Uh, in this situation, I talked to this college coach and, and they recommended this. Um, where do you get that kind of drive and passion to keep learning the game, to keep kind of turning over new stones to help yourself become a better coach and help your team become a better team? Um. Probably because, you know, if my mom was here, she'd answer it that I was a competitive freak uh, as a little guy. So uh, it, it really came, just comes down to wanting to always get better. And uh, I just, you know, losing is no fun. And winning uh, is, takes a lot of hard work. And, um, and, I, and winning is kind of, it's really about wanting to get better and enjoying the process. I, I mean, I just, I, I 
kind of a nerd about it. Um, uh, I, I, I love learning new ways that people approach the game. And to me, that's, that's some of the fun things that I, I especially like about coaching is uh, going out and hearing how other people do something. Um, I, I have changed my philosophy so much in the past five years. I have learned more about the game of basketball uh, in the past five years than, I mean, and then, than I could possibly imagine. And a lot of that is just saying, okay, wow, what do I got to do to get better? Um, there are a lot of good coaches out there and I love what they're doing. And why, why, am, why is my team not doing that? Um, it was like, what, what can I do to help my team um, get better? And so I have no problem reaching out. Um, I, as I stated, uh, Nick Robertson is still a, a, a lifelong mentor and he uh, he'll come up and watch our practice and once a year. And then he's uh, been able to watch some couple of games and he has no problem giving his advice, which is what you need. You know, you, you need somebody, you need people that are willing to share what they think and then yet, not just be a yes guy. And so I'm very fortunate to have people like that. And I'm also very fortunate to have people like uh, yourself uh, to bounce ideas off of. And, and quite frankly, living where we do, bouncing ideas off the Whitworth coaches and bouncing ideas off of uh, Tommy Lloyd at, at Gonzaga is, I, I mean, are you kidding me? The fact that I get a chance to do that uh, and that people are willing and they want to have conversations with you. I feel very fortunate, and that's what it's all been about for me. Yeah, I think as I've kind of gone through this project for Scoreboard Live Washington and talking to coaches at all different levels, I think the biggest takeaway that I've gotten is the best coaches continue to have a thirst to learn and reach out and grow their network and build their network and help other coaches at different levels regardless of what that level is. And I, and I definitely see that in you and your program, what you've done here. And the growth in your program has been pretty astounding for anybody who follows high school basketball in the state of Washington, in particular the Spokane area. Back-to-back -back state tournament appearances. Um, you lost in the title game two years ago. But I believe it was the season before you got, you got there. It might have been a zero win or a one win season. How did you take that job? and kind of decide these are the steps that we need to take to build us into a, a good program? Yeah, uh, you know, the biggest question mark in getting into head coaching is taking the right job. You know, there's lots of opportunities, and there's always going to be a job, but the lessons that I learned from past mentors like Coach Robertson or Coach Gaby at Shadow Park was you, you want to take a job where you can be successful. And it's hard to get those good jobs because, um, you know, you, you got to have experience and so on and so forth. But uh, Mount Spokane to me was, uh, was just a gold mine uh, because if you looked at what they were doing in all of their other sports, they were having success. They were, you know, they've been great in baseball for years. Uh, they were great in football. You know, they've just been tough. Uh, and, and so I looked at that and was like, you know, there's got to be athletes there. And, and that's the big thing was uh, getting the job. Uh, I want to say, yeah, the year before they had only won one game and I um, maybe one game in like a couple years. And so getting the job, you know, there was, 
like, well, of course we're going to come in and we're going to win. That's just the expectation. But the big, so that first year we only won three. And the thing that was crazy was people were excited. Uh, but I was, uh, it was all, we were in games and it was just the fact though, that the biggest thing that we did is sometimes I feel like it's tough when you're in situations. I mean, obviously you have to have players and that's just all there's to it. Like, uh, my first year, some unreal kids. Oh my gosh. I mean, these guys are going to be great leaders someday. And there's some great kids that from that class, but our best player was a college golfer and, you know, and, and versus, you know, our best player right now is division. He's one of the best players in the state. And so you got to have, you got to have guys. And, um, but that first year I knew that, um, we had players because, uh, they're, you know, they had success at the middle school level. And so that very first year that I took was a group of guys that we kept them all on the freshman team. Now, could they have competed up on the JVs? Easily. Um, but I kept them together. And the biggest reason why is because I wanted them to have, uh, to stay together and to continue to feel like winning was a mindset and, and an expectation. Um, I didn't want there to be one second of entire kind of a, well, you know, uh, breaking the guys apart or, uh, or potentially moving guys up and yet not winning. Cause I, I, you, I think you got to learn how to win. And then I think you, there's so much to the game of just walking on the court and going, well, of course we're going to win. And so that group as sophomores, yeah, four of them, they moved up. And then they played for three years and we were fortunate enough that uh, we actually went to, we went to the dome three years in a row. Uh, you shorted this year, but Apologize. We, went, <laughs> we went three years in a row. And, uh, and, and that was, um, you know, that was, that was pretty exciting. So the, that group as sophomores, yeah, they got a chance to play. And then as juniors, they were our group that took us. And then as seniors, you know, we got a chance to play in the state championship. And, uh, but it was the big thing was just, um, I had guys and, but it was keeping them together and just a culture of now all of a sudden, Hey, we're going to play hard. And when the off season is over, I'm, I'm sorry, when the season is over and we get to the off season, now we're going to go harder. And that's the biggest difference is um, that, that I've really seen is uh, our, our, the culture of uh, success is from all the other programs is now with us as well the, the basketball guys instead of transferring and maybe going to prep they hey they're coming to our school and uh or maybe you know how people just you know they move before so the basketball players weren't necessarily coming and now the basketball players are coming and that's the big that's the biggest difference well you mentioned a culture of winning and a culture of success in your opinion is there uh, one special ingredient uh, is it communication is it work ethic is it competitiveness that you try to instill in your program yeah i mean I've, one of the biggest things we try and talk about is our culture and what do you want your culture to look like and uh and not for one second did we ever talk about changing anything it was it's always been and it always will continue to be hey let's build our culture what do you guys want it to look like and uh the guys have really bought into that and um and and just from my 20 some years of being around college players and guys that have been there before and showing, Hey, 
this is what it takes to get there. Uh, this is what they have done to get there. Um, you know, the guys have bought in and they just really work hard. And it, the, the nice thing is we're, I'm working with kids that have just been nothing but unselfish. And when your best players are unselfish, I mean, you have a chance to be really good. And for, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. Uh, I've got, had some great kids, some great families, and some kids that um, when they were like, oh, this guy, he's, you know, they, they are willing to be coached. Uh, they're willing uh, to, to be pushed and know that, hey, uh, okay, if this is going to get us better, and, you know, then let's do it. And so I've been very fortunate to be with a great group of kids. Willing to be coached is something that stuck out right there to me because I think that a lot of times separates really good to great players is the willingness to be coached and take that constructive criticism, build upon the foundations of your game. You have a young man who has been a starter since his freshman year. He'll be going into his senior year next year. He's already committed to Boise State. You mentioned he's one of the better players in the state. Uh, Tyson Degenhart, he almost fits that profile to a T. I've had a chance to work with him on quite a few occasions, and he's very coachable. Uh, he looks at the game as far as wanting to, to build it up from the foundation up. You have a guy like that. How easy is it to coach the rest of your team when you've got a, quote, great player taking the coaching and buying in as much as anybody ever has? Um, it, it's, it means everything. As you know, you've been around so many guys that were, that wasn't the case. You know, when your best player is selfish and doesn't practice hard or takes plays off or has excuses, well, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to have a very high, it's a lot of success. Well, and that for us, Tyson is, um, he's just been the, uh, the total opposite of uh, that last player I explained, and he's been great. Uh, he's been coachable in terms of he, he eats it up. Like he is willing to try something and push himself. And then, you know, and he's willing also to take it when he is, uh, especially in like film sessions, you know, there's been times where you're pointing out like, Hey, look at everybody else. Look how hard they're playing. You know, this, I mean, where, look at your stance. And he takes that to heart and he's, you know, he really wants to improve and he really wants to, you know, he wants to win and, um, and he wants to be a great teammate. And, you know, and then that's the fun things that I like is, is the, how excited he gets for other teammates during practice and during games. And, you know, and quite frankly, practice is a lot of fun uh, because our kids just, especially, you know, uh, he has no problem just playing hard in practice. And when you can have a chance to improve in practice every little day and because your best player is willing to get after it and to um, just push himself, then, okay, now we have a chance to be better. You guys have recently accepted an invitation to play in the, one of the most prestigious high school basketball tournaments during the season uh, next year in the winter over the Christmas break, uh, the Les Schwab Invitational down in Portland. Um, what does that mean to you and your program, your community, to, to be invited to one of the best tournaments in the nation? Well, I'm not sure how much our, our community really knows about it. But to me, this is the bucket list of high school coaching, this tournament, uh, in terms of like it's on the bucket list. To have a team that's not from Oregon, 
but a national considered a national team. I mean, oh my gosh. So last year, because I grew up in, uh, it, I'm sorry, I grew up coaching, I should say, in, in Beaverton. And, uh, and Nick Robertson was the one who started this tournament years ago. He started it. So I was around for all of these tournaments in his program when we played, like we played Oak Hill Academy. And, you know, our, and we're scheming versus Kevin Durant. And not only do they have Durant, but they got uh, Ty Lawson and they got Devendorf. And they have all these guys that are NBA guys, and you're just going, and our best player goes off. He gets hot, and starting the fourth, we're only down seven to Oak Hill. And then they are like, all right, enough's enough, and they just, you know, they squashed us. But but, uh, that was an absolute memory for our kids. And so that's what it's, you know, getting a chance to play. Hey, I guarded Kevin Durant. Um, So it's that that kind of a tournament. So last year we were invited to the Les Schwab eight uh, and that was, that was a really good experience for our kids. And, you know, we were very excited to be there and uh, we won it. We beat a really good uh, uh, Pacifica Christian team from uh, Newport beach, California and in the championship. And that was, that was, that was a high level fun game. And, you know, and in warmups in the Les Schwab, you can dunk. And so, you know, so there's a guy there, there's like, I don't know if it's, baller tv or somebody's there filming the action and he like filmed one tyson dunk and then he was like all right forget that and he went down to the other end and they're down windmilling and doing all kinds of great stuff and and uh and then you know because none of my n- nobody else on my team is we're not impressing in warm-ups but i'll tell you you know we we came out and we won i think we won by about 20 and so uh that kind of opened the eyes of the guys who run the tournament and then when we played Eastside catholic in the first round of state and went to overtime with them. That's when they were like, because Eastside Catholic came in second this year in the Les Schwab. Uh, they only lost to Modern Day. And so, um, you know, and the fact that, you know, our point guard went toe-to-toe, uh, JoJo Anderson went toe-to-toe with uh, Nolan Hickman, and no, no disrespect to those kids at Eastside Catholic. Holy cow, they are spectacular. Um, but for, you know, JoJo to go toe-to-toe with Nolan, knowing that, uh, you know, uh, Hickman just got an offer from Arizona. You know, I was like, wow, Joe, you know, he's, he's quite the player as well in his own right. Well, it speaks to that culture of winning. And if you're, you have that, you're not going to back down from any challenge. You're going to trust the preparation that you had. Uh, you're going to trust the work that you've put in. And that kind of leads me to the last question before I, I let you go is, this time, you don't have the ability to see your, your, your student-athletes in the hallways at school. You don't have a chance to connect with them in the gym uh, when it's allowed by WIA rules. But how are you staying connected to your guys right now, and how are you as a coach improving during this time? Uh, to stay connected with the kids, you know, there's only so much you can't, you're really supposed to do in terms of legally reaching out. And, but we're, we're reaching out to kids and seeing how they're doing. And, you know, um, uh, I did a, I did a, um, a Google meeting, uh, banquet. So that was the first one I ever did. And that was actually the moment that I told the guys that we were going, that we were invited to the Les Schwab. And so to see their reactions with their parents on, you know, in the, in the, on the, on the Google meeting, them jumping up and down in their house and kind of running around cause they know how big this is. Um, that was, that was really cool. Uh, for me in terms of improving, I have watched, um, hours of those NB, NABC uh, championship production clinics, they've put on 
some online ones that you can access. And so I've watched, oh my gosh, I've watched so many great coaches and I'm, cur- I'm currently watching Jay Wright and late game situations, you know, or watching Phil Martelli um, and, you know, watched another one from coach few. And so uh, there are uh, always opportunities to learn. You just got to choose to whether it's like, you know, all right, Hey, I'm going to go find some time. And even though it might be after the kids, I put them down. All right. Hey, I'm going to go. But that's what I, that's what I choose to do. And, and, uh, and because of that, I feel like, Oh my gosh, I've, I've, uh, gotten a chance to really learn. And I'm very fortunate because I have a wonderful staff and we are total nerds throughout the year. We have a group text that uh, every, I don't know, other day I'm getting something and we're sharing. And one of my assistants put, um, he runs our, our athletic uh, Twitter basketball page and he made highlights uh, for each kid on huddle and has put those out. And we've had college coaches kind of, you know, hit us up on those. And, um, but uh, my staff is just as nerdy as me in terms of like we talking and going, well, what do you think about this? Or, Hey, I learned this. And that's been pretty fun. So we, uh, we are, we actually are doing uh, zoom meetings as well. Uh, that's awesome to hear because in these trying times, I think it's the the people that the the people, the businesses, the athletes that don't have that "woe is me" attitude, but the attitude of "I'm going to get better during this time" that are going to show a, a ton of improvement and be ready to take the uh, advantage of the opportunities when they arise, when everything is said and done. So, Coach, I appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully, we will connect again in the Spokane area in in person as opposed to on a zoom meeting when this all uh, pandemic is all cleared up. So thanks again. Best of luck and uh, keep watching those videos and, and uh, getting ready for next year, coach. Right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Guys. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube